all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To your previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Relatively speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today is Open Topic Day. I don't do this very often, but we thought there's so many questions out there that are running through our heads, and I want to talk to them. No, no question is too big or too small, and I know you've got some. I'm going to throw a few out there, and it doesn't even have to be that question um, or pertaining to that. But a couple of things I know are on many people's minds still are, what about getting the COVID vaccine? Are you concerned about getting that vaccine? What about continuing to wear masks? It seems that there's no mask mandate out there. What do you think about that? Do you still socially distance? What are you doing to make sure that you're safe if you're unvaccinated or even if you are? There's still still some questions about being completely immune, right? What about going back to work, going back into the office? I think many of us have had these sort of healthy routines of working from home. Many of us had huge major adjustments trying to figure out how to work from home. Um, You parents with young children trying to deal with that, did it work for you? And now are you wondering if you should even go back into the office? I know there are questions out there about that. What about summer vacation? Are you going? Do you feel like you still are not comfortable going? Or has COVID-19 made it difficult for you to even afford it? And then I'm going to throw something out there that's unrelated to COVID, but related to all of us, the mass shootings out there. Um, You know, there have been several. Just recently... Do you think that we have become desensitized to the mass shootings? Do you think that perhaps now it's like, oh, well, that happens? Do you feel like there's been enough action about those mass shootings? Those are just some of the many questions we could discuss. I also have some emails 
that we've received over the last year that I want to go over. Um, I honestly, I'll just tell you, emailers who sent maybe a question or a comment, um, the reason that um, I didn't address them is I was having difficulty getting to them. But we are rectifying that. And I want to go over some of those questions that you sent in. So join in the conversation. We have so many questions. Um, you can call one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Or today, you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org, and we'll pick that up. So as we move along... Um, I really wanted everyone to know that there really is, and I understand that, uh, there there are so many issues going on that if you are feeling some anxiety, maybe a little bit of depression, or at least feeling overwhelmed, it is really, really normal. You are not part of the extreme minority. Most people have exhibited some issues with experience, some issues with anxiety, with depression, with sleep issues, with feeling overwhelmed, with having difficulty focusing. And that's normal because there is so much going on in our world today. And and I will say that that with with that said, the best thing we can do is to support each other. And as we move through the show, I'd like to talk about how we do that, too. How can we get through that? But um, good morning, Michelle. Good to be with you again good today. Morning. Good morning. How are you? I am great. I'm so excited that I am in the radio station today. It's it feels so nice to just be here. I love having you back uh-huh. in the studio uh, where I can see you. It's just uh, <laughs> such a breath of fresh air. We actually have Greg from Columbus on the phone, and I'll catch this other line as well. Super. Let's see what he Let's, to yeah, let's about. go to Greg. Okay. Hi, Greg. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me there. Well, tell us what your okay. thoughts are today. Well, when you mentioned uh, the mass shootings there, I don't think we as a society have become desensitized any more than, you know, we become desensitized with uh, auto accidents and, you know, uh, air accidents and, and other things like that. There's, there's tragedies that do occur, but, you know, just as uh, people drive to work and uh, fly to different places, uh, there's an inherent risk in having liberties and freedoms. And as far as, like, uh, the mass shootings, nobody wants to see those, including myself, obviously. don't have to say that. But, you know, myself, as I grow older... Um, what may make me uh, have anxiety is if I was to have to live alone out in the country, which I will be, um, and as I get older, I get weaker. And just like in some of these countries that uh, don't have the liberty or freedoms of firearms, uh, the elderly um, are at open risk for uh, you know strong-arm robberies and uh, people breaking into their homes, which they do in uh, countries where they don't have firearms. Um, so... You know, for me, as I would grow older, uh, that would create anxiety for me if I wasn't able to uh, uh, defend myself in some way. But, uh, you know, society as a whole, you know, I think it's sad when anybody does come down with uh, depression or anxiety where it's affecting their life uh, because, 
it's it's like having a monster inside your head, that's for sure. Mm. But I think what we really need as society is, uh, um, whether people like it or not, uh, it, there needs to be some type of national health care so that everybody can get help, especially for those. And, mm. and it's almost impossible to remove the stigmatism, uh, you know, as far as once someone has been diagnosed with depression or some mental disorder. And there's a lot of people out there that have jobs. And, uh, you know, whether they're a truck driver, I know airline pilot that has uh, depression right now, they dare not say anything. Uh, they'll be unemployed. And so, uh, you know, as I told, like, the airline pilots, like, well, go to a different town and use a fake name or something. I don't know, but because uh, there are medications out there to help you. Oh, course, my gosh. No yeah. Gre yeah. Greg, you're breaking. No yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But he has no inclination to hurt anybody or anything. It's just that, uh, you know, to some degree, uh, his depression uh, just makes him into somewhat of a, a recluse. And uh, he goes out there and works every day. But then he comes home and, you know, it's kind of like taking a, a backpack off his back. Mm. And uh, he takes shelter inside his home. But as I told him, you don't have to live that way. But as he says, I can't get help because if I do, I'll lose my license. You know, as far as airline transport right, pilot license. Right, right. Well, Greg, um, that's interesting. I don't know that that is true, that he would lose his license if he had depression. You brought up several issues. If you don't mind, I, I just want to just point out a couple of things that you said. One, I think the mass shootings and paying attention to what's going on with them and who is is committing those mass shootings um, is not not synonymous with taking freedoms away to have firearms. I think to have some reasonable laws out there might be helpful. Now, this is my opinion, and I know many of you out there disagree, but I will say I have never understood why anybody who who wants to protect themselves, if they really know how to use a firearm, needs an automatic weapon. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. Also, why is everybody so against um, having background checks and making sure that people are not severely mentally ill before they're allowed to buy a firearm? That's... Those are some questions I want to throw out. I also want to make make it very, very clear that just because someone suffers with depression or just because someone suffers with um, anxiety or other um, mental, emotional disorders does not mean that they will commit a violent act. Most don't. Um, and and. And there is evidence that those who have committed those acts typically don't have your garden variety anxiety or depression. So, yeah, I don't want people to be afraid of asking for help. Now, and the last point that you made, um, Greg, I definitely want to agree with you on. We need everybody, everybody needs access to health care to good health care, to reasonable health care. 
and I, I'm not saying everybody should have free health care because maybe some of us can contribute more than others. I also know that people shouldn't have their health care, their government federally supported health care taken away because they decide to go to work. That's a punishment for going to work. Now I'm ranting. And so, again, um, Greg, you brought up some hot-button items that I'm sure others will want to jump in on. So, um, listeners, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to go to Danny. Hang on there in Pascagoula. This is Relatively Speaking. It's our open topic day. So if you don't want to talk about what we've been talking about, call in with your question. No question too big or too small. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress with a Mindful Minute. Children grow up so fast, before you know it, they'll be starting kindergarten. A good way to watch for school readiness is to mark developmental milestones like talking in sentences, counting, writing, and playing well with others. Positive adult-child relationships are key to helping children meet these milestones. You already have the tools you need. Talking, singing, and reading are fun ways to help children learn and thrive. One way to celebrate these special moments is to use a milestone checklist. Healthcare providers are also a great resource to help make sure your child's on the mark and ready for the next step. Examples of developmental milestones, fun family activities, and additional resources can be found at MississippiThrive.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with my producer, Michelle McAdoo. We have Open Topic Day. We are talking about what you want to talk about. It can be a mental behavioral health disorder. It can be a family issue. It can be something that you're struggling with. Just give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking about today and want to talk about at one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send that email to family at mpbonline.org. All right, let's jump back on the phones. We have Danny from Pascagoula. Hi, Danny. How you doing, Mama? I'm doing well. <laughs> What's going on, Danny? That's right. Well, listen. Now, what I'm going to speak is kind of a. Uh, like Christ-like, you know, not to get too religious on, but we are Mississippi, kind of a religious state where we're supposed to be, you know, uh, love thy neighbors, you love thyself. That's how I want Mississippi to be. Um, guns, 
It's for hunting deer and going out shooting at the range. Uh, we we've gotten too much into insecurity and not communicating to one another as as people. You know, as the African American, I know you've heard so many uh, have been getting shot. You know. Some might put themselves in that place, and a lot of people, they might not put themselves in that place. I, I, I want to give a shout-out to our, some of our law enforcement, especially in my area, where they learn to be more of a counselor as well as a police officer. And it's working out for them because then we have less worrying about somebody getting beat up by a cop, somebody getting shot, all those different things. And, and I want to give a shout-out to them. I hope they keep doing that on the coast. So we'll, we, so we can all work together. Yeah. But what I wanted, to, what I wanted to talk about was this, this mass shooting going on. What's happening is, we've gotten away from the words that God has laid on us as a nation: love thy neighbor, love God with all your heart, mind, love thy neighbors, you love thyself. We've gotten in the way since January sixth. There must have been a lot of depressed people that day. Um, about the idea of communication and not so much color and prejudicial. We are, as a culture, Irish, German, Italian, African-American, American Indian, and so on, Vietnamese. And we need to look ourselves as cultures living together, not as colors. And guns should be secondary to the word, because when I was overseas, do you know in the U.K. and other places, guns are not important to them. Family is important. Listening to one another, communication is important. That's why they have the least amount of shootings, murders, mass things going on. The only time you hear something else of that going on is terrorism is once in the blue moon. Mm-hmm. And we, they haven't had that much problems since the IRA back in the day. So, so people well, need to look at it a little different. Yeah, Danny, you are so, you have so many good points. And I want to, you know, I always like to choose what really rings true to me whenever a caller comes in making several points. And one that rang really, really true is that our our police, our our protectors of us sometimes have um, been undertrained in in how to manage uh, a really difficult times. And you know, I, first of all, I want to thank all of those first line individuals who are trying to defend and help us. You brought up the fact that they are getting better training now in some areas on how to de-escalate a situation instead of um, sometimes escalate. And, And I think that is so very valuable. The other thing is, I think, and I've heard some discussion about that. I'd love to hear what others think about this. Um, having trained individuals within the police departments who perhaps go out with them, who perhaps are are truly individuals who are highly trained in dealing with difficult times and difficult situations. I'm not sure what that music was for, but uh, we're not going to break right now. Um, that, that really was... Um, something uh, that is highly needed. And I think for police officers to go through a year of training on how how to defend the public 
without some psychosocial training on what to do when you have a really upset individual who probably won't be violent, um, but you never know. What do you do? How do you handle those situations? Honestly, in my own practice, I've been in situations where where we had to learn how to de-escalate because sometimes um, even, even, you know, teenagers will get upset about something and feel like people aren't listening. And sometimes they think all they can do is yell and scream and jump up and down. So how do you de-escalate that? If we all had better training at that, we'd all do a better job. And um, the other thing I'll mention before I say goodbye to Danny is that um, he also noted that in other countries, honestly, the import and being armed all the time is not there. Europe really doesn't much rely on that. Do they have crime? Sure they do. Um, but we have crime. Um, so, you know, yes, right to bear arms needs to be there. I agree with that. I would never suggest that no one, but we need to be safer. We need to quit having things like this go on. So thanks, Danny, for your call. You always lend a lot. Um, all right. Let's go to, let's stay on the phone, um, you guys. I'm loving this open topic day. Um, we have Russell in Mobile. Russell, thanks for calling. Hey, sure. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Hey, I want to, um, you made two contact, uh, you made two issues with automatic weapons. And I've been, I mean, I'm a hunter. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this since uh, the 70s. And, I've never known another hunter. I've never known another uh, weapons person to be able to have an automatic weapon. So I don't understand why that's even a topic. Um, I can't get automatic weapons today. Um, I don't know anyone who owns them. And I've been doing this for 40 years. So I'm just not sure why, hey, automatic weapons should not be uh, on the board here. I can't get them. I can't buy them today. And the second issue was license checks. Forty years, whenever I buy a gun, I have to be checked. I've always gone through federal checks. That's for 40 years. So there's two issues here that you're stating that I've always had to go through. I can't get automatic weapons, and I cannot uh, go and buy a gun without a license check. So I'm not sure where you're getting your information or why this stuff even continues to come up. Well, I'm actually, Russell, I am not an expert in this area. I think that's pretty obvious. I'm a mental behavioral health expert. So my question back to you is, and, and I would love to have someone call in who is an expert in, in weapons and, and tell us why, are there automatic weapons out there? And why are people getting guns who should not um, be able to buy guns? And is it all on the black market? I'm just throwing those questions out there. I, I, think, I, it I think it is on the black market. Um, but I'm just saying that law-abiding citizens today, and again, I've been doing this for 40 years, I, I cannot, there's no way I can get a legally automatic weapon unless I'm paying the $200 tax that uh, the federal government has to go through, you know, six months of waiting 
I'm not interested in that. And you stated earlier, why do people need automatic weapons? They don't. Well, they don't, um, it, but some have yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and but and the majority of this stuff is just to go to the shooting range or go out on the land and shoot and what have you and just have a good time. And, yes, people have a good time shooting guns. Um, but with uh, the automatic, uh, they call assault rifles. They talk. They talk about how it's uh, long guns. This stuff is just getting so complicated and com- convoluted that I wanted to call in and say I cannot today buy an automatic weapon unless I go through the federal government, and I cannot buy a weapon without uh, a pistol, without going to a gun store and then having an FBI check. So just wanted to state those facts that um, it's it's not just as easy as going down to your hardware store and picking up a gun and then walking off with a gun. Yeah. It just doesn't happen that way. Well, I hear you, Russell, and I appreciate that. And, and I have many family members, several um, on my husband's side, who are hunters, and they enjoy it, and they know firearm safety, and... Um, they do a good job. We have an issue here, though, with mass shootings going on. So some things, I don't have the solution. I wish somebody could come up with a solution on on how we could do better. I don't think it's, uh, the solution is taking all guns away from everyone, but there's got to be a solution. Something's, Something's wrong. Something's awry. We have a problem. There are too many people losing their lives over that. And I agree, yes, people lose lives in accidents and injuries that have nothing to do with guns. That's not the question here. But, um, yeah, I would love an expert to call in and and talk to us a little bit about um, where those automatic weapons are coming from. All right. Well, we are going to stop there. Russell, thanks so much for your call. Um, We're going to go to our next break. And when we get back, um, we've got lots of other questions and open topics. (laughs) What about going back to work? What about the anxiety that you've dealt with? Um, I also want to talk about perhaps year-round schools and does anybody think that might be a good idea? You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. This is Open Topic Day. Just call and talk about what you'd like to talk about in the area of family, mood issues, work issues, anxiety, just give us a call. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Children grow and change so fast. It's important to help them build the strong foundations they need to help develop lifelong skills and succeed in school. Whether it's singing songs in the car or counting steps while walking to the mailbox, there are many ways to help young children learn new skills and reach new developmental milestones. 
Even before they can talk, babies can make connections and respond to adults' words, sounds, and facial expressions by clapping, waving, or smiling back at them. Not only is it fun, but it's important to talk, read, and sing with children. More at MississippiThrive.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Michelle McAdoo and we are doing Open Topic Day. So we've been talking about a couple of issues, but I want to bring up a couple of other things that I hope we can get to as we're moving along. And then I want to go over a few emails. So let's talk about the going back to work um, issue that I think many, many of us have had. We've been working for home, from home for over a year now, are doing some virtual work or some hybrid of that. We've worked with having our kids at home, and now we're moving back. Um, our cases have come down of COVID-19 in the state. It does seem like restrictions have dropped. We've um, become more open. People are beginning to go out to eat, go out and do things. But I'm curious as to how you are doing. How do you feel now about going back into a restaurant? What about going back to work? You set up a routine of working from home, and now you're being told time to go back into the office. Does that make you happy, or does that make you anxious and sad? Does it Has it disrupted uh, maybe a healthy routine that you had at home where you were exercising better, you were eating better, or were you one of those individuals who gained those 15 COVID pounds and want to get rid of them and need to get out of the house? So you will. I'm just curious there about how you listeners are or did none of this change anything for you? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Michelle, did you did did you feel like it changed your life a lot, or no, did it not, really not, not in make radio? <laughs> not in radio. Not um, in radio. Here we all hands on deck. And sometimes I say this sounds opportunistic, but during especially last year, I mean, we had the best stories. This was new for the whole world. You know, yeah. COVID nineteen came on the scene, so we talked about all issues from restaurants to businesses to how did it affect your personal life to your business life. I mean, everything. School. We had some great topics, great shows. We still are doing great topics and great shows. My question to you. And to our listeners, I wish someone would call in if you're having this issue or if you want to talk about this. Tell me if you were working at home for just say a year or two and then your company says or is mandating you to come back to work. But your children still are doing virtual, are doing virtual school. How, yeah. 
Yeah. I wonder what legalities you have to say, I have to be at home. No one will be at home with my kids. I have nowhere for my kids to go, so I have to work from home. I wonder how people are, you know, maneuvering that issue. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, so you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464 if you join in that conversation. Yeah, you know, um, I will say that I think there are several people who have struggled with what's going on with their kids. And I know there have been some real concerns about the loss of learning when a parent is trying to work from home and help their child with school virtually. Um, And I just wonder if that struggle, do you feel, I know many of the schools have gone to pass-fail because grading has been difficult. I know I was just listening, NPR had a great special on about college reentry and the the difficulties that colleges were even having evaluating what the students really qualifications were to enter their college because of the way that school has changed in the last year and a half and and a lot of the standardized tests were scrapped um so wonder how that changed everything so i hear we have a caller kenneth from hazelhurst who wants to talk about going back to work hi kenneth thanks for calling hi um, I was listening to the broadcast, and I said, let me call in and get my perspective. I'm a 46-year-old African-American male entrepreneur, uh, founder of a daycare here, also pastor in the capital city of Jackson, and, and uh, a community, do a lot of things in the community. Wow. And uh, when you asked earlier about, I'm also a parent of a fifth grader. So oh. in our system down here in Hazelhurst, we are now totally virtual. So it's like, wow. Um, first thing, I was very apprehensive, I must say, about the vaccine. I'm a veteran, a military veteran as well, served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. So when it comes to public health and safety, you know, I'm very alert about it. Kind of was disappointed in how our nation handled it, making it a political thing or how a lot of our citizens were apprehensive about the vaccine. I'm sure it would cause. But coming from a military background, you know, we always place safety first and always put the mission first. So I just felt like we should have been united uh, and without all of the political uh, backdrop. Um, well, we know how politics works in America. It's not always a clean and pretty thing, but it's the way we handle business. But uh, I was, you know, I taken the stand that with, even with the vaccine, I said, I'm going to get it. Uh, but I want to be one of the last to get it. <laughs> but I had an aunt who's a military veteran who's much older than I am with underlying health conditions that kept calling me because she went to the VA to get the Moderna vaccination. And she kept calling me, and I'm thankful that she did because I had stopped our church services. We were going totally virtual uh, for safety purposes. My My thing was I didn't want to lose not one member under my watch because we were collectively worshiping any death that is preventable as a pastor. I felt that it was my job. As Jesus said, I kept them all except one. And that was Judas. He was a son of perdition. I want to keep all of, all of our members 
I didn't want to lose one to COVID because we assembled. So we assembled smartly via technology mm-hmm. with Zoom, et cetera. But I felt much better after I got the vaccination about going out in public, uh, maybe visiting a very few church services. I'm, I'm still very cautious. I still wear my mask. I go out to the restaurant periodically and get something. I eat. And I get up and leave, but I still, you know, uh, use my hand sanitizer. I still wear my mask when I finish eating. But I don't have the anxiety I had before I took the vaccine. So after taking the vaccine, it gave me a a little sense of freedom. And especially when my wife, who's also in the school system, she's an interim superintendent of education at Claiborne County School District. Um, But the last last, uh, thing I'm waiting on is for them to give it to children because I want my daughter to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And once my daughter is vaccinated, even when I'm going out in public, even though my wife has taken both shots, I've taken both shots, I remember that my little one has not. And there are variants that are out there. Right. So I don't want anything, uh, and the various are taking a, um, are coming aggressively against our young people. Before it was like the young people seem like they're almost immune to COVID-19, but with the variants, they are now aggressively attacking our young people. So even though I'm out and about and I feel comfortable about going and getting my oil changed, sitting in the waiting area, et cetera, et cetera, I have to remember I have a little one that has not yet been vaccinated and that there are variants out there. But I feel wow. good about doing business yeah. and going out now. Yeah. Well said. And, Kenneth, thank you. First of all, thank you for your service. Thank oh, you so very much. You sound like a really busy man and a, vi- <laughs> a very kind pastor. You said some things that um, you need to keep saying and you need to say to your congregation because I do think that, you know, people have been terrified of getting the vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. I I would hope that people would be more terrified of getting COVID. And I know everybody who gets COVID um, doesn't have severe issues, but there's still some evidence coming out that there can be some post-COVID issues that go on for months and months. And one one of my close friends, her son was on a track scholarship in Indiana, uh, very athletic, I mean, just, I mean, he's on scholarship, very athletic. When he caught COVID last year, he's now out of school because it has affected his heart and it has affected his body. And he was a young, what, 19, 20, 20 20-year-old, I mean, no underlying health conditions, and it took a toll on him. So I would advise people to be be very, you know, uh, as I sent a mass text to my congregation and I encouraged them after I got the vaccination to please go to your health care provider or, or physician and, and, and ask them, are you a good candidate for the vaccine? Don't just listen to the news. Just don't go get it. We understand you're apprehensive. Well, go to the professionals. If I'm having legal problems, I go to a lawyer. I don't go to a mechanic. If I'm having <laughs> truck problems, I go to a mechanic. If this is a health crisis, I don't depend upon a politician or others. I depend upon those that are in health 
uh, in the health uh, field. So go to your personal care physician, have the talk, and ask, are you a good candidate, and whatever test to see if you're allergic to the vaccine. If they give you the, the thumbs up, go ahead and get that vaccine so we can get this yeah. economy moving and we can get back doing some of the normal things like family reunions and other little social gatherings safely without the unnecessary loss of life because all souls are precious. We need everyone here. As the Bible said, why die before your time? That's in Ecclesiastes. You can die before your time. Let's get the vaccination and live as long as we can and die when we can't help it. Well, thank you, Kenneth, for that lovely call. You you said it so well. I will say that you don't necessarily have to make an appointment to go in and see your provider. If you are concerned that you might not be a good candidate because of whatever health issues you have or perhaps allergies or something that concerns you, Call your health care provider, leave a message, tell them that you'd like for them to review your chart and let them get back to you. Because, I, I, you know, I know it's hard for people to go in for appointments and I don't think you need, unless you haven't been in for your, your yearly um, physical checkup, then absolutely go in, everybody, everybody that is listening to this needs to have a yearly scheduled health care checkup, a well check. Um, and, you know, I've heard so many people say that they didn't do it because they were afraid of what they would find out. Mm. Um, yeah. To me, um, that is one of those issues that the unfortunate thing is people who get no preventative health care often Find out bad news when you can't fix it, when there's nothing you can do about it. And so many, we are so much better than we used to be in medicine. We can do so much better and treat people so much better, even with difficult-to-treat cancers that used to be out there. So keep that in mind for the preventative health care, colonoscopies, going in for well-child checks, getting, getting advice from the trained individuals. Like Kenneth said, go to the doctor if you have any concern or question. All right. Well, great call, Kenneth. And again, thank you for your service and all our listeners out there who have served our country in so many ways. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we can talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, this is Open Topic Day. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back. The entire foundation of your child's brain is being built in the first five years of life. This construction is strengthened through the child's interactions with others. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. The good news is you have what it takes to be a brain builder. Learn more at MississippiThrive.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and it's Open Topic Day. So, you still have time if you have a topic you want to bring up at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. But, you know, I'm going to take a couple of minutes um, while I'm waiting for you to call in to to just go over a couple of emails that we've gotten in the past few months. And um, I'll just read the first one. Um, she signed it, Despair. So I thought I might want to talk about this a little bit. She says, my dad has always been a negative person. Now I'm his caregiver, and I feel like my whole life is sinking in the mud. My living space and quality of life and mental health have been affected. I don't know how much longer I can do this. How would you suggest dealing with this life clutter? And she signed despair. You know, that's one of those really tough things that, um, you know, we we actually plan to do another show on the the difficulty of being a caregiver um, for um, an aged parent or relative or someone who is ill. Perhaps it may even be a spouse who who is has become ill. And a couple of things I want to mention Um First of all, depending on what your dad's health issues are, um, I would definitely speak to his health care provider about perhaps having home health come in and see if they can help you in some area to 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 better deal with this. The other thing um, is it sounds like if your dad is a very negative individual, he may be one of those who has suffered from long-term depression or some sort of mood disorder. And I would also suggest that you speak with his health care provider to see if perhaps an antidepressant might be needed because occasionally, especially when an individual, as they become aged and can't do what they could do before, if they suffered at all with any kind of mood disorder, begin to suffer even more. Um, And so the mood may get worse. I've seen this happen in aged individuals who have obsessive compulsive disorder. Many times that anxiety disorder gets much, much worse. So to make yourself um, think about what has caused more of this negative behavior. And then the final thing I will say is I would strongly recommend that you start enlisting some help. Um, go to your church, go to your extended family, talk to them about the fact that you need a break. And if your dad has the faculties in which he is able to understand, I'd sit down with him and tell him that this is weighing heavily on you and you're doing your very best and you really hope that he, one, will appreciate you because you're not feeling appreciated and two, allow you to seek help for him. So I hope that helped. While I was going over this, we have another caller. We have John from Magnolia, so I want to get to John before the end of the show. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Yes, Doc. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. Thank you. I, I was just listening to your show, and this is very needed, you know, for people, for what's going on now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Native American. I was born on the Indian Reservation in 
Cherokee, North Carolina, and I was raised without a mother or father. And uh, I joined the military when I was 16, and I spent two and a half years in communist prison camp when I turned 17. Wow. And all of this is going on. It don't have to be going on if they would just turn to the Lord and allow God to, to help them. Because, see, I spent two and a half years in Murfreesboro at the VA mental hospital. But I thank God for the help that I got. And all of this killing and people hating one another, I don't understand it because I was raised, I wasn't raised, you know, with black people. I was raised with white people all of my born day, and I never had no problem. And I don't know what's wrong with there's something happening, but I don't know what it is, and they have to kill people. You know, we in that mountain, we didn't we didn't get no schooling growing up. You know, we didn't go to school. We worked all the time. Mm. And uh, what's going on now? It's 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 a sad situation. It is, John. It I agree with you. It is a sad situation, and it's difficult to understand. Um, John, thank you for your service, and I'm so sorry that you ended up in a prison camp. I know that is. A terrible, terrible thing. Um, A couple of things I'll say. I think that many issues that are going on out there, why there's so much anger and hurt, is um, that that there is not enough understanding of each other's sensitivities, of each other's area. You know, the just being culturally sensitive, understanding that everybody is not the same as we are. And that's okay. That's the beauty in the world is that we are all different. And to appreciate differences and to understand differences, um, John, and I, I, I think this goes far beyond color. It goes um, much in much more into just thinking everybody should be the same and act the same and not allowing yourself to understand that diversity is a good thing and it is something that we should embrace. So, John, you mentioned turning to the Lord. I think many times if people do have a religion and if they really look into what their religion is about, they'll understand that they can't say that they are truly religious and caring and universal and behave the way that many individuals have as of late. So I don't understand it, but I do think that we need to get better health care out there for all. I think if everybody felt better mentally and physically, I I really do believe everybody would behave better. And if you think about the number of these mass shootings, to get back to a very negative topic at the end, um, that have happened, most of these individuals had issues that had been ongoing and they did not get them addressed. And so we need to continue to ask all of our policymakers Let's take care of each other. Let's do a good job and figure out how we can afford to take care of each other. So, John, thanks for finishing up the call with a a positive. Um, If you would like to hear this show again or any of the past episodes that address some of the very specific issues like obsessive compulsive or mood disorders or family issues or divorce or blended families... Go to your favorite podcast app and go to our podcast, Search Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking, and you'll find it. 
This show is a production of MPB Think Radio and engineered by Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. We'll be talking about autism spectrum disorder in children and adults and how to address it, what to do about it, and how to transition into adulthood as you move forward. So join us next Tuesday and stay tuned for NPR's Here Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.